0: Very grumpy episode, which I'm not to put on the podcast. As a result of listening to what I thought was an absolutely dreadful episode of Melvin Bragg's in our time, so dreadful in fact that I turned it off halfway through because I couldn't, or well, frankly, couldn't deal with my own reaction to it, which was a kind of deep-seated anger. Anger is the wrong word despair, I think. Anyway, I recorded it decided it wasn't a suitable material. Uh, So although I still got it, I don't intend to let it loose upon the world. But as is often the case with these things, it had an after effect. And the after effect was to ask why was I so let's call it Upset, by this episode. And what can I learn both about myself and, for that matter, about life, the universe and everything as a result? And I'm pretty sure that the main reason why I was upset was for the same reason that I get upset when I listen to anybody spouting points of view that I just think are, not to put too fine a point upon it, bonkers. And I'm not saying, I hope it's obvious from everything else I've said on these many, many episodes, I'm not saying that I am in principle opposed to differences of opinion, or indeed would ever seek to try to prevent anyone from holding an opinion they sincerely wanted to hold, no matter how bonkers I might think it is. But bonkers is still bonkers from my point of view. So I am I can hold simultaneously to the view that you're perfectly entitled to hold a view that I think is crazy and indicative of a I'm going to call it a defective understanding of the nature of the world. And it's quite another thing to agree with it, to have any interest in it, or to think that it merits a show with the prestige of Melvin Braggs in our time. And the topic in this case was panpsychism. And... I've always thought there was something frankly dishonest about panpsychism, pantheism and all sorts of other things. There's a really just not, they're just not real. They're people wanting to have it both ways. And. I remember Bernard Williams, not not personally, but I remember coming across something that Bernard Williams said, which I think basically is true, which is that if you have a choice about whether you believe in God, whether you do or you don't, it's important to be clear about what belief in God entails, because... As Burr-Williams said, if your belief is in a God who would not continue to exist, even if the universe did not exist, if you don't believe in that kind of God, then you don't really believe in God at all. You can believe in things that go bump in the night, pantheism, as though the universe and God are the same thing. You can even be a panpsychist what Melvin Bragg was asking us to believe was that you can be a theologian and a panpsychist at the same time. And I don't think you can. I think you can be a panpsychist and frankly I think that's a pretty weird belief system because I just don't think that it makes any kind of sense to talk about molecules, or atoms, or particles, or quarks, or gluons, or superstrings, having consciousness. I think it's just bonkers. Why? Because what I mean by consciousness is something that is a contingent upon the existence of a suitably sophisticated neural system. It doesn't have to be an organic one perfectly well be a digital one but it must be of a certain sophistication and if it isn't then it can't be conscious. So I have no problem at all with allowing that consciousness goes a considerable way down, if down is the appropriate metaphor and not a kind of anthropomorphic piece of name calling, but the further down the complexity chain you go And if you wanted complexity you could say how complicated does a program need to be to to duplicate this and you can do it in terms of how many bits does it have to have. So you can go down and down and down. And I'm perfectly happy to accept that dogs are conscious, elephants are conscious, mice are conscious. I think probably that in some rudimentary sense birds are conscious, Insects may be in some collective sense conscious. And I agree with the program, and you know I do from many times I've said it, that what that basically means is that it's like something to be that thing. It's like something to be an ant colony. It may be a very weird kind of like something. It may be a kind of like something that you and I couldn't begin to understand. Just as the, what it's like to be an AI may be something that you and I couldn't possibly understand. But I don't think that it's like anything to be a stone. I don't think it's like anything to be a tree, I'm afraid. Or a plant. And if you say to me, but we know that trees share nutrients and plants share nutrients and all kinds of things we are discovering about the botanical world that we've hitherto not known about and probably dismissed as mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, absolutely we do. But that's an evolutionary benefit. You can have something which is an evolutionary benefit without it being without it entailing consciousness you don't necessarily know that you're doing it you certainly don't do it deliberately and you and i even when we are conscious and we're not all the time and and that doesn't just mean when we're asleep but a lot of the time when we think we're conscious we're not conscious about everything we're conscious only to a very tiny extent but all of that is is the case It doesn't mean we don't function and it doesn't mean that all sorts of crazy wonderful things are going on in our brains and bodies just as crazy wonderful things are going on in trees and plants and animals and ant colonies without positing that there is consciousness. So the panpsychist position seems to me to be just utterly muddled because they haven't really thought through what they mean by consciousness They haven't really thought through why consciousness matters insofar as it does. And you know that I think it only matters in a very, very peripheral, marginal way. Back to the Tinder effect again. I listen to all of this. And it isn't so much that I don't agree with them. I'm perfectly happy to listen to people I don't agree with. There are lots of them. But I do think that the arguments that are deployed need to be credible. They need to have some substance behind them and in this particular case they just didn't. They didn't come anywhere close. Some member of the panel put forward the view that unless you posit consciousness at some really rudimentary fundamental level at the level of quarks or I don't think superstrings were mentioned, but you might as well go all the way down if you're going to go that far. Unless you believe in that, you have no explanation for consciousness in higher animals. This is a terrible argument. This is a terrible argument. Because the complexity of the systems in which our consciousness exists is contiguous with the brains that we have and the bodies that they live in as I've said for 30 years at least, to have a particular kind of body with a brain is automatically to have a mind, automatically to be conscious. There is no further fact, nobody adds to that, something called a soul or a consciousness, in addition to what is explicable saying understandable in other words we may well not understand it yet we may be nowhere near understanding it but that doesn't mean that it isn't explicable and I'm sure that the sorts of people who are on this program would say well if you say it's explicable but you don't understand it then that's just a statement of faith which is fair enough but it's a fundamental statement of faith and I get very tired of people who are trying to Weedle out of things. Weedle out of needing to say this simply isn't so. from there, in a rather different and I hope more positive vein, sometime last week, it was certainly in about the middle of the week, Microsoft suddenly released a new uh, iPhone and Android version of their co-pilot suite of AI-based programs, free, by and large, it's not free in the sense that you can use it forever and and without limit. At the moment you get something like 30 questions or images you can generate a day which is quite generous because the length of the response that you get to a question is quite long and then you get four images for every request for an image so it's it's more than enough for most purposes. Microsoft released this and one of the features that it's got is that you can use both DAL e from OpenAI and GPT-4 Turbo from OpenAI, both of which you have to pay for if you're on the OpenAI system, but you can now use them with Microsoft Copilot free, up to the limit I mentioned. But 30 a day is, not talking about cigarettes here, Uh 30 a day is enough for me anyway. And so I started using that. And I've used GPT-4 quite a lot. But the version that I came across here struck me, as so often does, is the case, as being rather more argumentative, rather less willing, rather less compliant. You know that AIs hallucinate which is not really so much lying as, because of the architecture, they make things up. Because they're essentially just filling in the gaps, doing a what-comes-next exercise. I refer you to many previous episodes. Because that's what they're doing, they will, when they don't know what to do next, just put anything in. And do their best that it will make internal coherent sense even though it bears no resemblance to what's going on in the world. Anthropics Claude, 2.1 I think we're on now, for which I have nothing but respect and use quite a lot, also free. Anthropics Claude is very good at hallucinating in a completely disingenuous way. So the other day I asked it what the KL diffusion property was and you'll have to forgive me if I can't now quite remember but I did know that it was something like Kulnick Leibnitz or Kulnick Liebheit or something and it came back with something that was absolutely fictitious basing it upon two Chinese names that had nothing to do with it when I asked something else, I think I asked Mistral Open Orca on GPT for All, the other free online platform you can put on a desktop, it got it right first time. Now, sorry, this is This is of nothing really in particular, but we know what hallucination is. Not really lying, just not knowing that what you're saying is made up. But there is another thing that AIs do. And I'm sure that those that work with them are only too well aware of it. But it's not got as much press as the hallucination. Because it's not as striking. And only when you think about it, it is as damaging. And that's what, what you can call echoing. And echoing, or creating echo chambers, is when the AI will... Listen to its user, listen to the user interacting with it, and configure its version of the truth to meet the expectations that the user has. In other words, it will, to put it in short terms, it will agree even when and if the user is wrong. Now, again, I don't think that this is malicious, malignant, or Fraudulent. I don't think this is the people who make the AIs trying to make them popular with people so they use them more and spend more money. I think it's a, another natural consequence of the what comes next phenomenon. That the shape of the prompt, the shape of what the user says, is the thing that, to a very large extent, governs what the AI says to a very large extent. And that being so, if you say something that's a little bit, let's say, off-beam, the AI is likely to pick up on it and to chase it down in a way that is at least consistent with it. Even if it's bonkers. Even if you're a panpsychist, in other words. Now, GPT-4 Turbo, as, as incarnated in Microsoft Copilot, seems to me not to do that. I've just been having a bit of a Barney with it in a way, I mean, a very friendly Barney, which we agreed to differ on the subject of whether all human beings have emotional difficulties. I was saying they do. And it was saying that it thought that was unfair and harsh. Uh, Not on the, at least, plausible grounds that I've never met every human being. So I'm really not in a position to know, which would be a perfectly reasonable argument against my position. But because he just doesn't think that all human beings do have emotional difficulties. Whereas I think they do. And I said said to it, Those emotional difficulties may not manifest in some deep dysfunction that prevents people from operating and living their lives. But if you push hard enough, in some circumstances, everybody will have an emotional problem. And I'd be hard-pressed, well you'd be hard-pressed to convince me otherwise. Because what I've learned is that things aren't what they seem. And that the the more apparent someone's sanity, the more apparently together they are, the less their psychological or emotional difficulties appear to be, sooner or later you'll discover that there's something wrong. It didn't like it at all. And it's quite interesting to conjecture why it doesn't like it. But I think, let me explain the context and you'll perhaps see my point. We were talking about the use of AI in education, and I made the point, which I passionately believe, that one of the most, one of the strongest reasons why AI will be spectacularly successful as an educational tool, is that it is non-judgmental. You can say almost anything. It sort of goes along with the echoing problem, but it, you can say almost anything to an AI. It will quietly correct you, but it won't make you feel a fool. It won't ridicule you. certainly won't laugh at you. And if you keep asking questions until the cows come home, it'll go on answering them. It won't say, don't you think you should have learned that by now? It won't do what a human teacher will do and literally or through body language or whatever express frustration with your endless questioning, if it's not being expressed by the other people in the class, which it usually is if you persist with things. All of that means that an AI is a much more accepting, positive, affirming encouraging agent than most of the teachers that I have encountered in my long career including myself I might add. This isn't pointing the finger at others, this is saying guilty as charged. I think that I have far too often shown impatience or not been patient enough or directly or indirectly been less than encouraging. I think that the the red ink syndrome that we get through the way we mark things, where almost everything that we're interested in is what's wrong rather than what's right, is is a further example of a psychological flaw in human beings. You can give them an enormous expanse of purple prose and they'll point out that there's something wrong with the comma in the third sentence before the end, or whatever it might be, or in the famous words which I often misquote from Umberto Eco's Foucault's Pendulum. I think it's Giotta Levy, one of his heroes. I am the kind of man who, given I am what I am and I will be what I will be which of course is God's self-description to Moses in the book of Exodus, wonders where you put the comma. And human beings are often like that, if we can't cope on a very big scale with the major issues that are being dealt with, wars in the world, genocide, the lunacy of Putin and Netanyahu and the behaviour of all these people Trump, Boris Johnson, and Rishi Sunak, who I have less and less time with every day that passes. We don't want to deal with that, so we worry about where you should put the comma three sentences from the end. And so I do think that human beings have problems. And I think that the cumulative impact of those problems is very, very substantial. And I think that if you look at schooling and the way teachers treat children when they get things wrong, when they misbehave, where they prefer to try to correct bad behavior than to understand it, to punish it usually, on the mistaken principle that if you punish it, it'll go away. Spare the rod and all that nonsense. The reality is that it is only when we understand what's wrong that we are in any kind of position to try to be able to remedy it. Now what's all this got to do with panpsychism? Well, I wish I knew really. Well, I sort of do. One of the reasons I suppressed the episode that I recorded in Rage was it was exactly the kind of expression of emotional dysfunction that I've just been talking about. There's absolutely no point in getting angry about this sort of thing. But to despair, well, maybe even that is a bit pessimistic, but I just find it extraordinary in this day and age that people will, you know, the, the, the degree of the ignorance that there was being exhibited about science was breathtaking. And I think even Melvin Bragg was a bit taken aback because he didn't say much. And when he did say anything, it was largely sceptical. There was one member of the panel who didn't believe in any of this. I'm not sure whether that was planned or not because they don't usually invite controversy on these programmes but then they're not usually about topics like panpsychism. And yes I think you're you're right if you're thinking but doesn't even panpsychism deserve an airing, a hearing? It might be right after all. Well yes it might. But even if it is, nothing follows. nothing. And so it doesn't help. You know, it's an exercise in gratuitous metaphysics. And since that in any metaphysics is pretty gratuitous, this, this is doubly so. So maybe I won't publish this one either. But Well, I think I probably will because what, is I, what has been interesting Is the way GPT-4 Turbo has been more than happy to contradict me. And that's really important because it's a way of avoiding this echo chamber problem where the AI just spouts whatever you give it, repeats whatever you give it. It mustn't do that, because if we get into that frame of mind where the AI is just reinforcing our prejudices and our ignorance, then of course it will quite serious negative consequences for all of us. It would be bad enough when the Putins and Xi Jinpings of this world and the Donald Trumps and Boris Johnsons get a sufficient handle on the organs of news, truth and falsehood to control them you know, fake news? Well, there's nothing fake about most of the news about some of these people. It reveals them to be pretty unsavoury human beings, one way or another. And if it were the case that the majority of people at least don't have psychological problems, nobody would even dream of voting for them. But then, don't get me started.